Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this Monday Mailbag. We're going to do this a little differently than we have in the past. This is going to be a solo podcast that rotates. It's going to be based on availability and just which topic is best. You'll hear a lot more from Kendall during basketball season, a lot more of Jack during baseball season. And if anybody has a niche sport that's getting asked a lot about, you'll hear them too. But today it's me, Macon. I'll be taking the first one of these because I was the most available. So we're going to talk a couple of things regarding, of course, football season. All questions seem to be about football, so we're going to dive right into that. If you're living under a rock, Texas Tech fell to Wyoming in overtime. It was a tough loss, really hard to stomach. Uh, give our listen both the Instant React stream if you're able to. I'm still not sure how that worked. And Jack and Joe's Sunday Sober Up, where they talk about the game in detail and break down what happened. But we did get some questions about it, so it's important to remember where we were. So the first question I saw was, what kind of leash do you expect Shuck to have against Oregon? The short answer is he probably won't have one. The longer answer is it's hard for a coaching staff to really build an offense when there's uncertainty at quarterback. And the fact that they're not making the switch now when there's a a lull, you know, you got more practices to reset the deck. It's unlikely, unless Shuck is having a truly horrendous game, you see him get pulled against Oregon. That being said, I suspect we will see Morton in the game as some sort of change of pace uh, quarterback, especially if things are not going well. But I, I find it hard to believe you use this opportunity to switch quarterbacks uh, if you wanted to, and the fact that you didn't means that they just they're they're buying into what Shuck has done in practice all offseason, what he did towards the end of last season, and what he did in that opening quarter against Wyoming. Frankly, he was terrible the rest of the night, and they're going to have a lot to work with him on. So if he comes out and plays like the guy we saw in the first quarter, confident, calm, collected, they'll be fine. But if he comes out like the guy the rest of the game, erratic, bad audibles, bad decisions, low throws, the whole nine of of, of bad that we've seen from Shuck throughout his Texas Tech career, you're going to get run ruled by Oregon. So expect him to be the starter and expect him to play the whole game, even if it's not going great. 
um, barring some sort of just catastrophic performance, I think you run with Shuck just because you're 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 running with him now in the preparation. It's really hard to shuffle quarterbacks live in a game. That's why it doesn't happen that often, and it only happens when things get really really bad. Um, so that that's a tough situation because you really want to see your quarterback assert himself. It's a tough situation that we're having this question after one game, but after a catastrophe, like what happened in Laramie, it's understandable that people are wanting. I personally would want to go to Morton, but I said it in the instant reaction. They're not going to, they're, they're, they're sold on Shuck's leadership, his potential, uh, and has command of the offense. Things that I think Morton does better is a better arm faster, just an overall better at the, the quarterback stuff. But I think he lacks some of the intangibles at this point. I don't think he has quite as much of a command on the offense. I don't think he's quite as confident. Um, and he still makes a lot of mistakes. But that's the thing. If, you, if Shuck is just playing bad, I'll take a rookie quarterback with, who's going to make some mistakes now that he's gotten some run as as kind of a, a, a starting quarterback in the Big 12 due to emergency last year. So he's hopefully cleaned up some of his errors. I would have been fine going to Morton, but I understand the staff is going to go to Shuck. And the fact that they are tells me, unless this is just really not going well, he's going to be your guy. And I find it hard to believe that after how terrible he played in Laramie, he could do something that would get him pulled in Oregon unless we go, you know, a half without much of anything offensively. Uh, We got one question. Give me three reasons why Texas Tech beats Oregon. First reason simple is that you're playing at home. And that this is a critical to Jones is going to be packed. I don't think it'll be quite the same energy as if you would come in what you were supposed to one and know that's I, I'm not going to blame the fans for that. That's the fault of the team, right? You suck the life out of your fan base losing games like that. But these are Texas Tech fans. It is a sold out game. I suspect the students will show out in droves. It's a top 15 opponent. Maybe the energy's down a little bit, but it's still going to be an intense environment. And that's going to. Uh, be a huge boost to this team after a rough road environment to come home to a friendly crowd. That's really rocking. It's in the evening too. It'll be dark by the time the game starts to reach the third and fourth quarter. Um, So, you know, it's really going to be a favorable environment. Secondly, you can't play that bad again. I, I just truly believe that was your worst effort of the season. I was embarrassed. And I think a lot of people were embarrassed by the product that went out on the field, but we'll be right here rooting for them all along. And I just don't see them playing that bad again. Maybe this team is nowhere near as good as we thought. I think that's fair to say at this point. They got to prove any expectation from here on out is valid. But I, they did everything wrong offensively. Horrible play calling. Zach Kitley was a, was completely embarrassed. Um, bad quarterback play. Bad offensive line play. No effort to get the running game going. Receivers didn't get tested. weren't allowed to test the defense. The tight ends weren't targeted. Defensively, you had multiple coverage busts. Uh, just inability to get pressure. Just everything you could do wrong in this football game, you pretty much did. So I don't imagine you'll play that bad again. And when this team is not just blowing off its own foot. Oh, and you know the missed field goal problem. One of which was uh, a, a bad break with how the officials handled the end of the half. The other was a block, and then one was just a miss from a distance. But regardless, you know, all those factors go away most of the time. You're not going to just sit there and cut your own leg off for four quarters or three quarters. Excuse me. You were great in the first. So I imagine they'll play a lot better, and then we'll see what this team is capable of. And I still think that playing at its best, this team is capable of competing with anybody. But it has to do it now. And I just think that now that we've got the stupid week one crap out of the way, surely they're going to come out there motivated and ready to go. 
and they'll play a much cleaner football game. And lastly, and it, I just mentioned, it's mo- it, it, it's motivation. The, these kind of losses either define your season, and this one will, hell or high water, unless you win out, this is going to be a blemish on your schedule. You know, Kansas State lost to Tulane last year. That Tulane team turned out to be incredible. I don't believe Wyoming's going to turn out to be incredible. But regardless of that, this is blemish is going to scar your schedule. But the team can choose how it responds to this. It can choose to let this beat them, or they can choose to step up. You beat Oregon, you're sitting at one-on-one. Yeah, you're not there the way you want to be, but you're perfectly well-positioned for the rest of the year. You know, the national title hope of it all is pretty much dead in the water, which is extremely disappointing. But, you know, even though that's kind of a fool's errand, it's kind of nice to hold on to that hope as long as you can. But the reality is, is you're one-on-one of a top 15 win, and nobody's going to have much to say about a team in that position. You know, it'll be a the Wyoming game will look more and more like a dumb what if than it will a trend for the year. You got to get off the mat. And I think they do it. That's a huge reason for this. You've got to get off the mat today. I'm not saying you got to beat Oregon, by the way. This isn't a must win football game, but they're going to get off the mat highly motivated. And that's going to be a big factor in this game. And I think it gives them a bush over the top. We got a question about the offensive line. What did you see? What did you not see basically from them? Look, I thought the offensive line was okay, but Caleb Rogers is still a massive liability. Um, he really was the worst member of that unit. And I know Jack talked about this. It sucks to single out solo guys, but the false starts, the bad blocking. It, at some point, the staff has got to start asking questions about this unit. Um, we did lose a guard in this situation. I, I haven't seen his injury status. Um, but, you know, Caleb Rogers was terrible. And the offensive line was not great in general. They played okay at moments. There were clean pockets shuck wasted. Don't get me wrong. And you look at the pressure rate, I think he was upright like 80% of the time in clean pockets. So it's not entirely on them, but they needed to do a lot better against pressure, communicating, blocking it up, and especially run blocking. The lack of push was pretty unacceptable. Granted, I'm going to be honest here. This all comes back to your offensive coordinator. When you line up in certain formations and that's the only time you run the ball, Defense puts its hands in the ground, knows what you're going to do. And those fucking delayed handoffs, those slow-developing handoffs, kill your offensive line. Because it's it's hard for a pulling guard to get around over and over again when they know it's coming, and they knew it was coming. So I want to see the offensive line take a huge step forward. Caleb Rogers has to play better. He's got to be on the bench. That's It's that simple. I'm sorry. We play big boy football at this level. You cannot play as badly as he does and continue to start college football games. And I hate, I hate, 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 hate when it's that apparent that who the problem is, but it it's reality. You know, the false start that he had killed a drive. You have to be better. And I think that, you know, Jack said it best. I would love to come back next week and be singing this kid's praises. I will be the first to shake his hand on this podcast if he comes out and really asserts himself. But the office line as a whole wasn't good either. It's not like it's just him. He's just the most glaring problem on it. So we got to fix it. They just have to play better. They're about to play a much better defensive unit. I don't expect them to be able to bully ball Oregon, but there has to be something done to get them hands in the ground and let them get pushed offensively, or we're going to be stuck in the water. Next question is, what does it mean for Tyler Shuck? What does it do for his game to have this revenge game against Oregon? I think this is one Kitley got, which is they've had a lot of conversations about this not being a Super Bowl. Honestly, I'm of the other opinion. Fuck that. He's got to play like this is his Super Bowl. I want to see him play like there is no tomorrow. Because this whole what's what's not too high, not too low shit isn't working for him. The second adversity's hitting him in the face, he's getting he's getting shaky. We need him to be playing confident, like he has nothing to lose. When he plays like that, he's at his best. So I want him to come out pissed as hell at Oregon. I want him to come out every week angry at the world that he is not currently in the NFL. 
I want him to play like a man possessed. And I'm fine. If he's got to use this as extra motivation to get there, play pissed. We got to see something from this offense. We need a spark. And I know what the coaches would say. I know what they've said to Shaq. But I'm fine with him saying, fuck it, I want this one most of all. You know, I'm fine with him saying that. Because here's the thing. After he, you know, blows his load on Oregon, he's going to find a new reason to play the next week. He's a gamer. So I'm fine if he needs a little bit of extra motivation to get off the mat against Wyoming. Not that he should need it, but I'm, I understand that it has to be there for him. So I'm really, I want him to play his best game of football this Saturday. I want him to come out and lead this team to win. And I'm fine if that means he's got to play like there is no tomorrow. Like this is it for him. I'm fine with it. Honestly, we need this win in a big way. It's not a must win, like I said, but we need this win in a huge way. So whatever we got to do to get it, if it means Tyler Shuck has to wear a, uh, you know, the Baker Mayfield trader jersey or whatever the fuck to get himself going, do it. Let's get at this one. Let's get this one in a big way. Let's play a great football game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We did get one question about non-football-related stuff. Just a general question. The question was basically, what do you like from the soccer team so far? The offense has been incredible. I mean, I, I'm not as plugged into that landscape. They're not playing the top-tier competition yet at the conference. But you, you love to see in soccer games winning 3-1, 3-0, 6-1, 8-1, you know, these obscene scores. Because that's going to translate later down the line. That, that finish around the net is going to translate later down the line. You want people to get confident early. You want people to feel like that the ball, when they, when you take a shot, you want to be able to visualize it going in. The more you can do that earlier on, the better. And they're having a great year. I'm really excited for that program. It's been a couple of years since they've been really in the thick of things. I think a coach has got them right where the, he wants them. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be just, you know, national title competitors. It's too early to say. But really, when you talk about um, Texas Tech soccer, it has been a couple of years since we've really been that excited about the program. They've got a lot of young talent. I, I, I feel good. You know, I'm not, again, I don't really know quite yet what they're going to do um, in terms of the graders landscape. We'll find out as the year goes on, but it is a fantastic start to the year to get these wins. Madison White's great in goal, just great in goal. Um, and that there's, you know, I think I just saw today, this is our 29th clean sheet yesterday. That was the all-time record for shutouts for the program. She's a fantastic keeper. There's a lot of offense. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do long-term. Um, I, I like that they were perfect at home, too. You got to win at home in every sport. So I think Red Raiders Nation is going to have a good year with that. Um, and it'll be fun. Get out to the stadium, by the way. I, I, I think that, you know, the biggest thing that you can do to help these programs out is to show up and be loud. I'm not in Lubbock, but those of you who are our students, the games aren't that long. It's pretty fun to be out there. The weather's not fantastic, but right now I'm sure it's pretty hot out there, but hydrate up and go cheer your ass off. It's a lot of fun. And the girls appreciate the shit out of it, by the way, those young women need your support and they want to play for a rowdy crowd. You just saw what Nebraska did for volleyball. Now, granted, Nebraska volleyball was playing in Omaha, so it wasn't like that game was ever in jeopardy. But I guarantee you they played some of their best volleyball with that crowd behind them. If we can put 
I don't know what the capacity is for the home crowd, but if we can put a couple thousand in the stands to cheer them on every game, I guarantee you they'll be damn near unbeatable at home. I guarantee you that. So if you're there, make a show because right now they're playing really fun soccer. It's always any soccer team that's scoring in bunches is the most fun to watch. I, I understand the complaints about soccer. So when you've got a, an explosive offense and a really good keeper, it, it's just a good product right now. So go watch, go watch, go watch, go watch. Now, our last question of the day is about football again. I knew I was only going to get football questions despite kind of fishing for something else. I'm glad we got one about soccer. But the uh, the last question for football, how did the loss change your expectations? What should we what should we now aim for? It changes you all of your expectations. I'm not going to pretend. And I want to say this again. I tweeted about this. We are the only fucking program that has to constantly talk about what kind of fan anybody is. I mean, just let people be fans, guys. It was an embarrassing loss. The season is in bad shape. Let people be pissed. For 48 hours, let them be mad. Let them be angry. Don't hold people to the instant reaction. I mean... I can't tell you what my first thoughts were after I saw the two-point conversion go in because I was just blindly red-hot with rage. But uh, it's a joke that we have people policing our fan base every game. If you're one of those people who does that shit, you should be embarrassed. Stop doing it. Let people be fans. It's okay to be full of sunshine despite the hell or high water. As long as, no matter, and Coach McGuire said it's best, as long as you show up to root the next week, it doesn't matter how pissed off or sad you are after a loss or how excited and happy you are despite the adversity. All that matters is you're there the next week and the week after that and the week after that. And we will be here on this podcast. I'm going to be here next week. I'm going to come back in from my cousin's wedding on Friday, on Saturday, come back down, hungover as hell, settle in and watch the game and live tweet it. My expectations for the year are now drastically different. I don't think you're going to be very competitive because I have no reason to believe that. Does not mean I'm not going to be rooting my ass off for this team every week. I'd love a week from now to be talking about a top 15 Oregon win and start realigning right now, you should be hunting for a bowl game. I mean, that's where your expectation should be. This team wants its fans to expect more. They got to deliver more because we spent all off season expecting something and we got delivered a pile of crap. And that's why, again, it's okay. If you're pissed as hell, you should be. These guys make a lot of money, folks. The coaching staff makes a lot of money. They are accountable. They are accountable. It is not your job to blindly support what they're doing. It is your job to continue to support the program and the team. I love this program. I was embarrassed for them last Saturday. I hope Oregon fans are embarrassed next week when they get their ass pushed in in the Jones. I'll be here every step of the way. I hope you all too. And as for expectations, like I said, expect less now, but be hoping for more. We're fans. You should always be hoping for more. And if you ever stop hoping for more, that's when you've lost the ball game. I think Coach McGuire is the right guy. I'm not certain about Zach Hiltley. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not. And if my tweets upset you on that front, I'm sorry. This is the second year we're seeing this stuff. And I, I apologize to nobody for the sake that I'm going to say it. The guy who makes the most money on that offense is probably not Zach Hiltley, but he's the one the university is officially paying half a million dollars. So you know what? He's accountable. Coach McGuire is accountable. Coach DeRuiter is accountable. They have to be. And I would love, absolutely be ecstatic if Coach Kitley calls a masterful game. This offense runs all over Oregon, and we get to call him a genius. I do not give a shit about being wrong about the fact that I'm not sure he's the guy. Because if I'm wrong about that, the only thing that I, I have to feel bad about 
is I have to feel bad that people are probably going to be mean to me online, but Texas Tech's winning football games, so who cares? But if I'm right, Texas Tech's losing football games. I'd rather be wrong. I would give anyone in the world $1,000 right now if it meant Coach Kitley calls the best four quarters of football for the next 12 weeks. That's what I want. I'm expecting a bowl game. That's where I'm at right now, but I'm hoping for more. And we all should too. And if it if we come out against Oregon flat again, if we come out unmotivated, unprepared, it's time to start heads asking for heads to roll. That is reality. Our major changes to be made. But if you come out against Oregon, gotten off the mat, ready to punch back in this year, then we can all settle back down and start trying to figure out what's going to happen this year again. Because it's still only week two. I mean, it sucks. I it sucks hard to have dropped week one, especially to Wyoming, especially in the way that you did. But you got a lot of football left to play. I'll be there every step of the way, and I hope you all will be too. Uh, we'll be recording again tomorrow. I don't know if you had a chance to read Jack's Around the Big 12 article to get a sense for what's going on across the conference. We're ramping up our recording schedule. We're going to be recording basically every day. We're going to have articles coming out every day. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the content that's coming out. Read Jack, Kendall, Joe, Chris, whoever's listening to the podcast. It's a lot of fun. This is a great group of guys. Chris is coming in and out, doing fantastic work for us. It's just a lot of fun. And right now, I think this is our best staff writers I've had since the Viva days. And it's going to be a lot of fun to, to really continue to grow this out with you guys. Reckham, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.